For Progressive Voices, I'm John Sinton, and this is a turning point. Today, electoral shenanigans. Why, in the longed-for peace and quiet of an off-year, would I disturb that peace to talk about elections? Because it is in these off-years, while we're exhausted from the perpetual campaigning, that the nefarious work of the anti-majoritarians is done. They know there are only two ways to win elections. One is to get the most votes. The other is to restrict voting to favor your party. Having given up on the former, Republicans concentrate on the latter. Despite a complete and total lack of evidence that voter fraud exists at anything like the scale needed to affect election results, Republican state legislatures, recognizing that a big turnout is hazardous to their gerrymandered help, have passed a plethora of laws restricting mail-in balloting and drop box collections for early voters, as well as early voting itself and absentee ballots, shockingly including deployed active military, once a staple of Republican support. Willis Gordon, a Navy vet and NAACP official in, in Ohio, wondered what kind of society do we call ourselves if we are disenfranchising people from the rights that they are over there protecting? Well, we need to go back in time a bit to put these pieces together. A good place to land is 1979 with the Heritage Foundation founder Paul Weirich, a religious conservative who partnered with the Reverend Jerry Falwell to create the moral majority. He knew even then that our premise was true. More voters mean more problems for Republicans. He famously said the quiet thing out loud, I don't want everybody to vote and neither should you. Recognizing that their policies, like defanging the EPA, lowering taxes on the wealthiest, and restricting rights for entire communities, like LGBTQ and women, were non-starters nationally, they needed a way to ensure control of state legislatures. This they accomplished by pulling out a trick created by Massachusetts Governor Elbridge Gerry in 1812. It's called the gerrymander. The term refers to corruptly drawing districts to unfairly favor certain candidates. And to be clear, historically, Democrats gerrymander too. But to suggest that they do it with the degree or with the newfound surgical precision and zeal of Republicans is a false equivalence. It went slowly at first, but over time, with the help of increasingly high-powered computers and software, they redrew state and federal legislative districts, cracking and packing them without regard for the social, economic, or geographical continuity that existed before these things got so contentious. The districts they created in order to win their state's legislatures looked like tortured Rorschach tests. The original one, in 1812, went from a square shape to something resembling a malformed salamander, hence the term gerrymander. Thanks, Jerry. Today, more than at any time in the past, representatives are picking their voters instead of voters picking their representatives. As a corrective intended to fight partisan gerrymanders, nine states, including California, Colorado, and Michigan, have taken the task away from their legislatures, establishing completely independent redistricting commissions, while another 20 or so play around the edges with various compositions of independents, politicians, electeds, and party hacks. As damaging to majority rules, 
democracy as partisan redistricting and restricting the vote are, Weyrich also invented a way to circumvent Congress by creating uniform laws at the state level. He called it ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council. Far from the glare of the spotlight, policy wonks quietly write laws that favor ALEC's point of view, then syndicate them word for word to multiple states. Their goals include hamstringing regulatory agencies, chipping away at women's reproductive rights, weakening labor unions, and, of course, restricting the right to vote. This is, to a great extent, a symptom of the way partisan media has driven us all into tribal silos, as John Dick, the CEO of the respected consumer research firm Civic Science, says, we are all creatures of our tribes. Having a World Wide Web at my disposal allows me to find people like me, and a block button allows me to refine my pack until it's the closest reflection of how I see myself. The size of my pack matters less than its uniformity. Social media's ability to connect people with thousands of others who share their likes and gives even the most extreme among us an outsized sense of normalization. And as my tribe becomes more configured to my liking, I define myself increasingly by what I'm not. Being anti-MAGA or anti-woke is as central to identity, perhaps more so, than anything we're for. So we align in our packs and use our uniquely human ingenuity to get our way, the majority be damned. For Progressive Voices, I'm John Sinton. Progressive Voices' John Sinton has written a continuing series called A Turning Point that touches on politics, culture, and media. You can hear the short essays in the on-demand section of ProgressiveVoices.com and on the PV app. If you want to continue enjoying great shows like Randy Rhodes, Stephanie Miller, Tom Hartman, Leslie Marshall, and so many others on the free mobile Progressive Voices platform, please go to ProgressiveVoices.com and press the donate button right now. Thank you.